All right, all right. Welcome back to Drop Pass Podcast after a week-long break. And you know what? NHL starts tomorrow. Let's go. The wait is finally over and I am fired up. Unfortunately, I'm not able to go through both conferences before the season starts, but I don't think that it will matter too much since we are going to check out all the teams regardless. And as I said last time, we have two very juicy episodes coming up, so the only thing you need to take care of is your own comfort since I'm going to bring the entertainment to the table. This week we have all Western Conference teams under monitoring and next week we head to East Coast and check rest of the remaining teams. We've also seen few surprises in the Champions League but since the league started earlier than usual I won't panic too much about the recent results since we still have four games remaining for each team. We are closing on to 500 downloads for this podcast so huge thanks to each one of you who have supported me and participated to this journey. I really mean it. This after all is not about numbers or followers but it is nice to see that you support this podcast because for me this is a way to speak about the current sports topics even though you might be hundreds of kilometers away from me. So if you ever want to participate or just leave feedback, don't be afraid to do so. Because this is not meant to be a monologue, even though it might feel like it. This trade goes both ways, and I hope that you get something out of it each time. But as I said, I thank you for your support, and let's get this thing going once again. So, without further ado, let's get Go. And we are off. Western Conference season preview up next. And most likely you know how this is going to go. First we look at Pacific Division teams. And we will end the episode with the Central Division teams. I'm going to quickly touch upon each team's previous season. And predict the outcome of each team's upcoming season as well. I'll also add my prediction on each team's leading scorers, breakthrough candidates, and finally add a hot take at the end to mix things up a bit. Take them with certain caution, because after all, they are hot takes, and most likely won't happen, but you never know. I hope you understood the concept, but if you didn't, it will become clear once we start to roll through the teams, so let's start this bad boy up. First up, we have the Anaheim Ducks, no surprise here, and I mean, when you look at their previous season, their heading can only be upwards, am I right? They are in the middle of a rebuild, and not much is expected from the team coming this year, so at least they should play without much pressure, and their young guns could benefit from that position. Last year, they finished last in the West Division with record of 17 wins, 30 losses and 9 overtime losses, which was the second to last in the entire league, just 6 points below the Buffalo Trash Bucket. Their leading scorer last year was Maxim Comtois, but 
I'm expecting Trevor Zegras to take that spot already in his first full year in the league. Ricard Raquel could be another candidate alongside Comtois since he is on a contract year and could end up being a very beneficial asset for the Ducks on the deadline. They didn't make any major moves this offseason so I'm expecting them to finish at the bottom of this division and some changes could be ahead of them next summer but as I said pretty minimal expectations and most likely will feed the top teams of this division. When it comes to breakthrough candidate I'm expecting Troy Terry to solidify his spot in their top six since his skills and two-way prowess should suggest a successful future either on the wing or at center. He has showed glimpses of brilliance but he has to hone out those small details and find chemistry with for example the man rocket himself Trevor Zegras and I don't know if this qualifies as a hot take since this is more than possible but I'm going to run with it anyways. Trevor Zegras will be the rookie of the year and finish the season as their best point getter with plus 55 points. But that's it for the Ducks. Let's head to another side of the border. There we have the Calgary Flames and quite honestly this will be a big year for the Flames. Both of their main guns Johnny Hockey and Matthew Kachuk will be free agents next summer and they could start another retooling if their season doesn't go to plan. Last year was a huge disappointment for the organization when they finished 5th in the North Division and missed the playoffs by 4 points with record of 26 wins, 27 losses and 3 overtime losses. Goudreau was their top scorer despite his down year and this year could be a big one for him in the production front because of the added contract factor. They're going to need his production if they want to find a way to the playoffs since it isn't going to be easy this year and the fight for a playoff spot in the West will be an absolute dogfight overall. My prediction is that Goudreau will finish as their leading scorer once again while Chucky will finish right behind him and finish the season close to his best total of 77 points. As you can see I have pretty high expectations for them this year probably because they've let me down in recent years and I keep coming back to this toxic relationship. Hashtag toxic X. To me, their breakthrough candidate is between two or three names. Daniel Vladar, Yuso Valimaki and Connor Zari. Vladar was a tremendous acquisition from the Bruins and I see some hidden potential in his big frame and calm demeanor. Valimaki could benefit from the additional ice time that was freed up once Giordano left to Seattle and he will most likely take Hannifin's spot on the second unit and could end up being on their second power play unit as well. But the biggest breakthrough candidate to me is their former first rounder Connor Zari who was pretty solid in the preseason but since he suffered an ankle injury in one of those games it could take some time before we see his debut on the NHL ice. The versatile forward could end up in their top 9 once the season starts and I wouldn't be surprised if he found himself from their top 6 from time to time. He had 7 points in 9 games in the AHL last year and probably start his season in the AHL but 
I expect to see him in the NHL this year sooner rather than later. So if he ends up playing only 12 games up top, consider Vladar as my breakthrough candidate at that point. The hot take for the Flames. This year's big addition Blake Coleman will continue his offensive output and his new contract will be considered a bargain once he ends the season with plus 50 points. And that's a hot take, so you can almost forget the one I had for the Ducks. But let's continue and visit their close rival, the Edmonton Oilers. The Oilers are at a point where only the playoff success matters, since each passing year will take a year off their franchise player's contract. Of course, Drysaddle and McDavid are just 25 and 24 years of age, but you can unfortunately subtract years, which means that every year counts for the organization, and so far, they haven't even been close to challenging for the cup. They made the playoffs last season after finishing second in the North Division with 35-19-2 record, but got swept by the Jets in the first round. They added Zach Hyman, Warren Fogle, Duncan Keith, Cody Ceci, Derek Ryan and Colton Sevier to their roster in the offseason to fill holes in their lineup, but only time will tell what those additions can bring to the organization. This year, I'm expecting them to make the playoffs, no surprise there, but how far they can go is the bigger concern here. Goaltending is the major question mark once again. But if Mike Smith is able to keep his level from last year, the cup final is a real possibility each year when you have Mac Jesus and Drysaddle on your lineup. McDavid will lead the team in scoring, but as a breakthrough candidate, I have the right-handed blue liner Evan Bouchard, who is yet to make his impact on the NHL ice. He's a great puck mover with tremendous shot from the point, and now that Adam Larson has departed the club, Bouchard should take the next step towards first pairing role on their back end. Hot take for the Oilers. Jesse Puljujärvi will reach 60 points, and quite honestly, that's not even a stretch. The way he's been putting up points during the preseason alongside McDavid, he could get closer to 80-point mark if he plays the entire year alongside McJesus because he will notch at least 140 points next year. Just saying. Okay, the 80 might be a bit generous, but you get the point. Be on the ice with McJesus. Automatic points. 60 sheets. Just by existing. Thank you. Keep the change. I digress. But then we return to the US and head back to Cali as we take a look at the Los Angeles Kings. Victor Arvidsson and Philip Dano were the big additions this offseason, but are they strong enough to challenge for the playoff spot this upcoming season? Last year, they finished 6th in the West Division with record of 21 wins, 28 losses and 7 overtime losses, but this year they are headed to their original division, where they should be contending for a playoff spot. Cal Peterson has taken over the reins in their crease, and overall, 
their roster consists of good mix of youth and experience as their old guard is turning to age. Anze Kopitar is still a world-class center and ruled out a late star defense, but, but are they headed to playoffs already this year? My answer at this point is no. But next year, they should easily be amongst the playoff teams. To me, their defense seems too shaky to be sure fire playoff team, and the lack of goal scoring on paper is a major concern in my books. With few smart moves during the season, you could boost your chances of reaching the playoffs. You certainly have the assets to make something happen, but we just have to wait and see if they are willing to part ways with some of their prospects. Just like Detroit, they are just few years away from real playoff push, and I just can't see them as a playoff team yet. Very close to it, but not yet there. And I already know that these statements are going to backfire big time. That's a fact, so big fat shout to me in advance. Kopitar led them in scoring last year, and it would be a surprise if someone else would take that spot from him this year. Kings, though, have plenty to choose from when it comes to their breakthrough candidates. Grandstrom, Villardi, Moore, Bjornfoot, Katshav. Currently in their NHL roster, but I decided to put my trust on Quinton Byfield, since I feel like he will spend most of the next season in the NHL. Last year, he got used to professional hockey in the Always Hunger League, and now he just needs to step up in the roster and take his spot in their top 9. His frame and maturity are NHL level, but he just needs the confidence to make his presence known in the bright lights. Short stint in the minors could be possible, but I'm expecting something north of 25 points in the National League this upcoming season, after he recovers from his lower body injury. As a hot take, I will say that the Kings will find their way to the playoffs and advance to the quarterfinals, but that's a hot take, if I've ever seen one. After Kings, we have the last remaining team from California, the San Jose Sharks. Last year, 7th in the West Division with record of 21 wins, 28 losses and 7 overtime losses. And this year, it isn't looking any brighter when we go back to default division setting. Add to that all the drama that Evander Kane has caused this offseason, in addition to Thomas Hurdle's contract negotiations, and there's plenty to cheer for this season as a Sharks fan. Like, they got good tools in their lineup, but the toolbox is just completely broken. It also doesn't help to know that only half of your defensive core consists of actual defenders, which can carry their defensive duties night in and night out. At least they got rid of Martin Jones' contract, but the upside Aiden Hill has possessed to this point could evaporate in just one season in the shark tank. Just watch it happen. Evander Kane was their leading scorer last year, but if he is able to evade prison sentence, he won't be back to those point totals, and that's a factory promise. I bet that Timo Meyer will bounce back and lead the team in points, and Alexander Barabanov will be their breakthrough player this season, since 
why would I flip the jacket at this point when I've been pumping his tires for the whole off season? And while we're at it, let's stop the hot take in the same sentence. Since it concerns Barabanov, hot take, Barabanov will lead the Sharks in scoring at the end of the season, whether he finishes the season in San Jose or not, meaning the overall point total wherever he ends the season. And just to make things even more interesting, let's add another one. Since the Sharks are certainly not going to be entertaining this year, if you don't count Kane's court case. But regardless, Jonathan Dolan will finish in the top 5 in rookie scoring. And that would be a statement if I've ever seen one. Overall, not looking good for the Sharks and might be fighting for the last spot in the division against the Ducks if everything falls apart. Slow rebuild is up ahead for the Sharks. On to the next one. Then we move to the newly added 32nd team, the Seattle Kraken. And since their history is quite short, we gonna keep it short as well. What am I expecting from this team? To be competitive, that's the first thing. But unlike Vegas during their expansion year, I'm not expecting them to take the league by storm and make their way to the finals in their first year. More so, I'm expecting a major headache for the top teams, meaning a team that fights hard and doesn't give out any easy points to other teams. I don't think they have a chance to make the playoffs out of this division, but in few years that isn't certainly out of question. I'm expecting Jaden Schwartz to be their point leader at the end of the season, but likes of Jordan Eberle and especially Jaren McCann could easily take the crown from him, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit. As their breakthrough candidate, I see forward Morgan Geeky, because I see a bigger upside in him than he was able to show in limited ice time with Carolina. Colind is a really good shout as well, but he will start the season in the minors. Hot take for the Kraken would be a playoff spot, but it certainly isn't too far-fetched take, since they have very steady presence all around the roster, and with good defense alongside standout goaltending, they could drag themselves further than many of us may expect. So not to sound too boring, let's say that Yanni Gord will have William Carlson-esque debut season with the Kraken and earn his contract in the West Coast. But at this point, I see them finishing just before San Jose and Anaheim, but missing the playoffs. The penultimate team from the Pacific Division is the Vancouver Canucks, and I would very much lie to you if I said that other than playoff spot would be acceptable from the Canucks. Last year was an absolute disaster, but now there are no reasons to say they shouldn't fight for a spot in the playoffs. Last year, last in the North Division with 23-29-4 record and missed the playoffs by 9 points. Just recently, they signed Quinn Hughes and Elias Pedersen to bridge deals, and now they are loaded for run in the playoffs. Jaro Halak, Oliver ekman Larson, Tucker Pullman, Gunnar Garland, and Justin Dowling added in the offseason, while all surplus players, including Louis Eriksson and Jay Beagle, left the team. 
Now they seem to be ready for the challenge, while many still question Benning's decisions to get rid of players with only one year remaining on their contracts, but I assume that there were other external factors which pushed Benning to a certain point to make these moves happen. Brock Besser was their leading scorer last year, but if Elias Pedersen has a nice healthy season ahead of him, you can expect to see him in the top 15 in scoring, and that isn't even a stretch. Thatcher Demko will carry a huge load, not meaning his sack, but the playoff hopes on his shoulders, and I'm more than convinced that he's the franchise's backbone that they've needed in their net. The remaining 18 players need to step up as well, and what will eventually come out of it is the remaining question. The breakthrough candidate for the Canucks to me is between two players, Vasily Podkalsin and Jack Rathbone. I mean, both players are not currently locks when it comes to NHL ice time, but if they find their roles up top, either one of them could make a real impact. So this time I won't name one player as the only option since we don't know yet if either of them will make the team, but both have a pedigree to break into the NHL. Connor Garland was probably the easy choice here when it comes to their breakthrough candidate, but since he already showed his potency in a market that had zero interest last year, it sounded too easy to pick him at this point. I'm expecting something north of 70 points this season, Put him in a line with Besser and Pedersen, and you have already 50 points just by carrying their luggage off the plane. As a hot take, I'm going to say that Oliver Ekman Larsen rejuvenates himself in Vancouver and finishes the season with plus in his plus minus column while being in top 10 in defenseman scoring. Yeah, could you believe it? That's why it's called the hot take. The last team in this division is the Vegas Golden Knights, and as you probably can guess at this point, I'm anticipating them to take the division. They've now showed their pedigree year in and year out, and even though their starting goaltender took his talents elsewhere, I see them as the leading candidate to head into the playoffs as the number one seed team. Last year, they finished second in the entire league with 40 14 and 2 record and with their quick rise to a Stanley Cup contender their expectations have grown with the same pace. The cup final is the target this year and of course they want to win it and it seems to be only a matter of time once they make it to the finals once again but the time is running out contract wise. Last year Mark Stone was their leading scorer and I don't expect that to change this year either. While his linemate Max Pacioretty could challenge him on top of the scoring table. As a breakthrough candidate, I will nominate Jack Dugan, who had a stellar AHL season last year, and if he can make his way to the NHL ice via through injuries or just dominating performances in the A, he could be an impactful player in their top 9 already next year. I was thinking about Nick Haig as well, but since he already has few seasons under his belt, I decided to go with Dugan, since he is the lesser known name out of these two. But don't be surprised when Haig ends the season with plus 30 points, 
while keeping his own net clean throughout the season, similar to Seattle's Carson Susie. As a hot take, I could say that the Knights missed the playoffs, but that won't happen, so I'll just say that Nolan Patrick will find his groove and finish the season with plus 40 points. I would love to see that happen, so we just have to wait and see how he does in the Sin City. But to wrap up my predictions for the Pacific Division, I expect Vegas to take the first place, while Edmonton Oilers finishes second and Vancouver takes the remaining playoff spot as the third seed. Calgary comes fourth and just misses the playoffs because of point difference. LA will finish fifth, expansion team Seattle finishes in the sixth place, and finally San Jose and Anaheim man the last two remaining spots at the bottom. Most likely this will be the absolute opposite that will happen, but those are my predictions for the Pacific Division, and we can continue to always strong Central Division. Alright boys and girls, next up we have the Central Division, and we can start it off with none other than the newcomer of this division, the Arizona Coyotes. They decided to tear down most of their core this summer, and next year will be a struggle with their current roster, but pretty much that's how you operate as a rebuilding team. Last year, they finished 5th in the West Division with 24 wins, 26 losses and 6 overtime losses. But let me tell you, we gonna see a whole lot more else this year. It, shouldn't, it shouldn't come as a surprise that they could finish at the bottom of this division. And they didn't catch any breaks when it comes to changing division from the Pacific to Central. They've overhauled the roster over the summer as I said. Nothing pretty much is expected from the Yotes this upcoming season. Last year Phil Kessel finished as their scoring leader, but this year that won't happen since Phil will be out of desert before you find Waldo. I'ma say that Clayton Keller will step up big time and take the scoring title. And I mean that's a bit of a hot take on its own, but I'm a firm believer in his skills and he just needs to find his offensive groove after a few slump seasons. When it comes to breakthrough candidates, it's a one-horse race. Clear-cut favorite to me is Victor Söderström. Filthy right-handed blue liner with smooth stride, strong puck skills and good senses should step into the NHL ice with relative ease. He's also gained some muscle over the summer and I believe that he will surprise few people with his performances this year. When it comes to hot take, you ready? Jacob Chikrin will win the Norris Trophy. Yep, juicy one, ain't it? But let's leave the desert and head to Windy City. Chicago has seen a hefty change on the roster front as well, starting off with Mark Andre Fleury on their crease. Both Jones brothers, Caleb and Seth, added to their blue line, Jake McGabe, Tyler Johnson, and Juju Kara, plus Captain Sirius Johnny T is back in business, which will be a huge boost to the whole organization. It will be extremely interesting to see him back on the ice after such a long break, 
and especially how he's recovered from the injury. Last year they finished 6th in the central standings and their season went pretty much the same way Young Bucks session went with a hot older lady. Full of confidence when things start rolling and seemingly has all bases covered until the experience shows up and he just realizes that he's standing there with dick in his hand thinking like what the f*** just happened. And note, not personal experience. After their red hot start to the season, they started to collapse towards the end of it and missed the playoffs just by 9 points, to put it into more professional context. This year though, they should have a real chance to fight for a playoff spot because of somewhat overhauled roster and with two of their studs back in their lineup. Captain Jonathan Taves and if you don't recall, Kirby Doc also missed a ton of games just last season because of the wrist injury sustained during the World Juniors. So those two should boost their chances and add to that Florian Jones and you don't have a clue if these guys will be at the top or the bottom of the division. My guess is somewhere in between but I could easily see them in the playoffs, no doubt about it. I mean, it won't come easily since they will be fighting against likes of Avs, Blues, Stars, Wild and Jets, which are all battling against each other for a playoff spot each year. So all I can say is good luck to them, since you are really gonna need it. Showtime was their leading scorer last year, and do I really think that someone will steal that title from him this year? I mean the only option could be Cat, but... If they play on the same line, I feel like Kane will keep his throne, but it could be close with the way the Bringet has been putting the puck in the net. They're going to need some support from Doc, Kubalik, Taves, Strom, and even Goddard if they desire a playoff spot. And on defense, Connor Murphy and Seth Jones need to be the workhorses on their blue line. As a breakthrough candidate to me, it would be wrong to not nominate Henrik Borgström. He's had few seasons in the top flight, but I feel like he still has a gear in him that we haven't seen yet. Now in a new setting, he should get a chance in their top 9, and he could blossom alongside other skilled forwards on their lineup. Kirby Doc is too obvious to me, and I'm going to give you my two cents. He's going to be lights out this year. You just watch it happen. At least 60 points and that's a guarantee. And if Lucas Reichel makes his debut in the NHL, he will become my guy in this category without a doubt. But I expect him to play his first North American year in the always hungry league. What about the hot take you might ask? Well, are you ready? Seth Jones will be in the Norris conversation, meaning top three in voting. Let's move to Colorado. First in the league last year with 39, 13 and 4 record and eliminated in the second round of the playoffs. Not good enough. Clear vision for this year in my eyes, 
Tampa Bay has weakened this offseason and nothing else than Stanley Cup will be enough for the organization. They lost a big piece from their net and we will see how Kemper fills that hole in their crease. Other than that, the core is pretty much the same as previous years with few minor tweaks and young bucks testing their wings. But the President's Trophy is only the start for this team. McKinnon will take the scoring title. Surprise. And if you disagree, go make some pseudocuscus. Other than injury can stop that guy this year. He is on a mission. Breakthrough candidate is pretty obvious. Alex Newhook showed promise at the end of last year and this year should find more ice time in their top nine. Bowen Byram is a good shout as well, but I feel like Newhook will have a bigger impact on the roster this upcoming year. And also their blue line is pretty stacked overall. Hot take? They are gonna miss the playoffs. Can it get any more ridiculous? Not in my mind, so that's my hot take for the Avs. Let's head to Tejas. Dallas Stars up next and big things are expected from this team as well after last season's debacle. Fifth in the standings and missed the playoffs by four points and someone could break down how that even ended up happening. Nevertheless, playoffs are the target this year and to me that is more than achievable. Last year, 23 wins, 19 losses and 14 overtime losses. And that will get better this year, I'm sure of it. Since the core is still in place and the additions of Ryan Suter, Braden Holtby, Luke Glendening, Jani Hakampa and Michael Raffle will bring the additional depth to the roster, which they've been craving for for a few years now. Tyler Sagan should be back in action as well which will be a huge plus to their offense. Even though Robertson and Hintz have taken huge steps and become their top six weapons on offense. The additional firepower and experience ain't never a bad thing and team should be playoff bound without questions. Last year, Joe Pavelski found his old gear and led the stars in scoring, but the way Robe Hintz was racking up points he would have taken that crown if he had stayed healthy through the whole season. This year though, I believe that Robertson will have absolutely nasty year alongside either Hintz or Sagan and finish in the top 30 in scoring. When it comes to possible breakthrough candidate, it is hard to nominate a player from the roster since they are a pretty seasoned team as a whole and the few options broke through last year so I'm going to have to go through a bit trickier route this time and put emphasis on the if factor. So because of that, I'm going to nominate two guys depending on the chances they are given. My forward pick, Ty Delandria and defenseman, Thomas Harley. Riley Damiani was another forward option, but I see Delandria playing more minutes in the bright lights because of the previous experience. Harley could crack their lineup in case of injuries happen, and even though I don't expect to see huge numbers offensively, 
he could step into their back end with ease and look like a seasoned veteran already in his first few games. But the hot take for the stars, Braden Holtby will turn back the clock and after two absolutely horrific seasons, becomes their starter and posts over 0.915 save percentage. Don't hold your breath on that one. But then we head to Minnesota and after last year, the only expectation for the upcoming season is another playoff appearance. Krill the Thrill is back in mini and the same group is pretty much intact, not including departures of Suter, Parisi and Susie. Marcus Johansson doesn't count in this podcast either. They finished third in the West Division with record of 35 wins, 16 losses and 5 overtime losses. But just like Chicago, road to the playoffs is going to be bumpier this year than the year prior. They have strong presence all across their lineup and seemingly at this point they are only missing their true number one center. Kaprizov led the team in points last year and I don't see any reason why that wouldn't happen again this year. And we could even see a bigger jump in his numbers this year now that he's accustomed to NHL play style and the smaller ice surface. He will need supporting cast alongside him though and players like Joel Eriksson Ek, Kevin Fiala and Jordan Greenway have to keep their levels from last year and even surpass them if they want to find a way to the playoffs. When it comes to breakout stars on the roster, I have two names written down in my notes. Matthew Boldy and Kaelin Addison. Boldy suffered a minor injury during the preseason and is expected to miss somewhere along the lines of 46 weeks, but once he's healthy, he should stand out. He was a stud during his short stint in the AHL, and I'm expecting him to jump to their NHL roster with ease once he recovers from his injury. He could end up being in the top 5 in rookie scoring if he gets enough ice time in Minnesota, while Addison will start the season in the minors, but we'll see if he finds a foothold on their back end finally this year. And lastly, the hot take for the Wild. Kirill Kaprizov will be crowned as the Rocket Richard winner at the end of the season. But that would require a major involvement from one or two of his linemates, so We'll see who finds the chemistry with the Russian wizard. But next up we have the Nashville Predators. And even though last year they found a way to squeak into the playoffs, I can't see that happening this time around. Now that the Central Division is almost back to its original form, it would require a Vesna Calibers year from Saros and even more to achieve that. So I'm going to label them as a non-playoff team at this point. Last year they finished 4th in the Central with a record of 31, 23 and 2 and just made the playoffs ahead of Dallas. They lost major pieces this summer and overall as I've said in the past their roster looks extremely shaky with huge anchor contracts subpar dip options and unproven youngsters so it is hard to see them fighting for a spot in the playoffs more so battles against arizona could be more suitable 
and they could be one of those teams that move major pieces at the deadline at the latest. Roman Yossi was their leading scorer last year, but without Philip Forsberg's injury woes, he would have taken the crown without a doubt and is my favorite to lead the team in scoring at the end of this year. But predicting the possible breakthrough candidate for them is harder than expected, since there are few very intriguing names on their lineup. Eli Tolvanen, who already proved his worth last year, is the first name that comes to mind, and I still feel that he has another gear to show. Defenseman David Ferrance is a tremendous skater and is bound for a role in their top four, but does it happen this year is the remaining question. Also, Cody Glass has yet to make an impact in the NHL, and now the new scenery in Nashville could show his true potential after not being able to break into the Golden Knights top six. But the player I'm going to nominate as a true breakthrough candidate is the right-handed forward Phil Tomasino, who absolutely dominated the AHL in his first year against men. 32 points in 29 games in his rookie season in the AHL is noteworthy, and I'm completely sold on his future projection as a first-line NHL forward. The package is there to make it happen, and I'm expecting good numbers from him already this year, since he will get the chance to prove himself in the bright lights, that's for certain. As a hot take, I'm going to say that Duchesne and Johansson find their forms and rack up plus 50 points, which will lead the Preds to the playoffs. And this is exactly the reason why it is called the hot take. The penultimate team in the Central Division is the former Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues, who made the playoffs last year but got knocked out by Colorado in the first round. 27 wins, 20 losses and 9 overtime losses was their record last year. And I'm going to keep saying this, but these guys have another road ahead of them if they want to find themselves from the playoffs this year. I mean, they have very strong group, and players like Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo will step up even more from previous seasons, which will be a very pleasant boost to their roster. They also got rid of their surplus players this offseason, but there are still questions looming around the team before the season starts. For example, Vladimir Tarasenko's situation is still in the air, and do they overall have enough oomph to reach the playoffs? this upcoming season. The offense should be there, but is their defense and goaltending strong enough to find for a spot in the top five, let alone compete in the playoffs. David Perron was their leading scorer last year, but I'm expecting Ryan O'Reilly to be their leading force on offense this year. But before I get too boring, I'ma throw in both the breakthrough candidate and the hot take in the same sentence. Breakthrough candidate, Jordan Cairo, and yes, before you say that, while he had 35 points in 55 games this past year, this year he's going to lead the team in points and cross his previous numbers. Is that good? Great. Other option for a breakthrough is defenseman Scott Perunovic, but this time I wanted to merge both sections together 
since I'm pretty high on Cairo, if you haven't noticed. The dynamic skater has a tremendous shot and puck skills, so I wouldn't be surprised one bit if he found his way to their top line in a matter of games. And to let you off the hook, I'm predicting them to make the playoffs, but just as the fifth seed with point difference over Calgary. But the last team from the Western Conference is the Winnipeg Jets, and this year the expectations are high. And by that, I don't just mean the playoffs, but the content for the Cup. They look strong across the board, and I would be majorly disappointed if they didn't challenge Colorado for the first spot in the division. Last year, they finished third in the North Division with 30. 23 and 3 record and got beat in the quarterfinals against the Montreal Canadiens. It was a major disappointment to the organization and this year the expectations are not any lower as I said. Nate Schmidt was added to their back end and the forward core pretty much stayed the same. Mark Shifley led the team in scoring last year but players like Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Corner could challenge him this time around. Especially Ehlers was lights out last season and if he would have been healthy for the entirety of the season, he could have reached similar numbers to Shifley. But for now, I must say that Shifley remains as their top dog. The breakout candidate from the Jets in my books is pretty obvious. Their former first rounder, Cole Perfetti, who was tremendous in his first year in the AHL and I expect him to take the next step to the NHL this year as well. He looks ready for the challenge and even though Jets lineup is full of players that can play both wing and center, the second line center spot seems to be perfect for his talents if Dubois is designated to the winger spot. Speaking of Dubois, I guess I will throw in my hot take at this point as well. Dubois will break out of his cage this year and end the year with plus 55 points. And to be completely honest, that isn't even too far-fetched, since if you've seen his recent interviews or know the player at all, he will bounce back. And I believe that he does it with great fashion. He has modern power forward tool set, and if he plays alongside Connor, Ehlers, Shifley, and or Wheeler, I can assure you, he's going to produce. Just set up a rocking chair to the back door and tip pucks in for the tucks right there. Thanks for coming. But playoff bound, nevertheless. Just like Pacific Division, here is my take on how the division will line up at the end of the season, plus which teams will make the playoffs. First seed, Colorado. Didn't surprise no one. Winnipeg will take the second spot in the division. Third seed goes to Dallas. Fourth, Minnesota. And the fifth place team will be the St. Louis Blues. Unfortunately, even though I had Chicago in a playoff spot at first, I decided to drop them one place to sixth. And they are the first team in the division to miss the playoffs. The two others are surprise surprise Nashville and Arizona in that exact order 
And if you are confused at this point, like, what the fuck, moron? Five teams to the playoffs, can you calculate? Yes, I know, there are two wildcard spots regardless of the division, fancy pants. And thus, the two wildcard teams will be Minnesota and St. Louis. So to clarify, Vegas, Edmonton and Vancouver from the Pacific and Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas, Minnesota and St. Louis from the Central. Clear? Mega. Very unpredictable season ahead of us, especially now that we get back to 82 game campaign and injuries will play bigger part in the standings than last year with shortened season. I'm extremely excited to see fans back in the stands and teams to go against teams that they didn't face at all last year. All in all, even before we go into Eastern Conference, I can tell you that we will have extremely entertaining and competitive season ahead of us. Only few teams separate themselves from the others because of the state of their roster, but other than that, the game should be pretty wide open. But as I said next week, we bite into the Eastern Conference, and once that episode is live, we've already got the first taste of the upcoming season. So let's hope for a banging start to it. Thank you once again for listening. I'm absolutely ecstatic for the start of this season. And hopefully I gave you something to think about or wait for once the season gets started. Hope you enjoyed and as always have an outstanding week, you beauty. Stay tuned, stay safe. Until next time. Ura. Right.